Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today is Jerry Abiog. He is co-founder and CMO at Standard Insights. We're going to talk to him about the world of advertising, world of marketing and cannabis and AI, a whole bunch of things. A fascinating part of cannabis for me. I think that as the industry grows and evolves and, and scales, the whole question of how do we reach our audience? How do we develop relationships? How do we get the word out? How do we get our products and services out into the cannabis world is a bit of a challenge and it's going to be a huge need for companies. And in, and obviously all this is kind of operates within this kind of context we we have in cannabis in terms of legal frameworks and federal status and state status. And it really affects obviously lots of parts of the cannabis industry, but this one in particular, and it's evolving and changing and different companies are responding in different ways. So I'm always excited and interested in kind of learning really what's going on in terms of being able to use some of these strategies and processes that other industries use that it's a little different for cannabis. So excited for the conversation. With that, Jerry, welcome to the program. Hey, Bruce, thanks for having me on here. Yeah, it's great to have you. So before we kind of dig into what's going on today and the work that you're doing in cannabis, let's get a little bit of background. So uh, how did you get into marketing? How did you get into cannabis? Give us the backstory. Yeah. So uh, uh, Bruce, again, once uh, thanks again for having me, but a bit okay. about my uh, background. 
I've got 20, roughly 25 or so uh, years in sales and marketing, somewhat old guy. <laughs> <laughs> you so, started when you were three years old. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, so roughly 10 years ago, left the corporate world and started my own uh, business, helping software companies with sales and marketing initiatives. And along the way, I've had uh, great successes and some failures. And uh, as they say in life, you learn from those failures. So about five or six years ago, I worked with a, a client doing AI and machine learning. But, you know, that startup, to be honest, just failed. Yeah. Uh, we didn't execute things properly. So through serendipitous events, I'm here in Atlanta. I met my future co-founder through mutual friends. He was visiting... Uh, he used to live in Atlanta, was visiting from India, and we got to talking that they, he had developed this prototype, an AI uh, marketing platform that would help businesses across many different verticals drive repeat buyers. So this was three, three and a half years ago. I took that concept. I flew out to Denver to the outdoor retail show. And when I returned back to Atlanta a week later, I had secured two beta clients. So that was the genesis for my co-founding uh, standard insights. And along the way, we picked up two other co-founders. And what we do is we help businesses leverage their customer data to help them target the right person with the right product at the right time. So we started off in, um, in e the e-commerce space, segued into brick and mortar. We segued into restaurants. And finally, we're segueing into to uh, cannabis. So this happened a year and a year and a half uh, ago by accident, uh, if you will. And um, yeah. cannabis is starting to become one of our more uh, profitable verticals. Yeah. And why, and why do you think it's becoming profitable? I and mean, what's, what's different about cannabis or what's unique about cannabis and what you do? I think it's with the businesses and even with cannabis, uh, business owners and managers are starting to realize the importance of becoming uh, data driven. You've got AI, you know, on one side, that's a, a growing industry itself. And you've got cannabis on the other side that, as we know, is like the gold rush of uh, the 2020s. So we're, we're helping bring both of these concepts together to help businesses that want to be data driven, drive growth and improve their market share. Yeah. Yeah. And, and given the fact that you've worked in a couple of different industries now, what are the key things that you've noticed that are really different about cannabis from you know restaurants and some of these other groups that you've worked with? Oh, yeah. Number one are the, are the laws and restrictions, right? You can go to a restaurant, you can go to another retail, and there's no restrictions really on how you market, whether that's social media marketing or even putting up billboards. With cannabis, as you and I know, there are a bunch of different restrictions. And really, with those restrictions, it puts the um, just a lot more walls you got to break through, right? With, with those restrictions. So now, if you're a business owner, you own you own a dispensary, you're a grower, you really have to take ownership of your data, and to help you know take ownership of your data to market to your existing customers. Where in other industries, you're not bound by certain restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are some of the strategies? I mean, if you, you know, given the work that you've done in these other industries, you know, typical things that industries are trying to do with the data to improve their kind of outreach and sales and marketing, like what are some of the things you're typically doing? And then how does this apply to cannabis, given where cannabis is as an industry? So we can take two examples, right? So whether uh, you're a restaurant or your dispenser owner, you've got data. And typically that data is coming from your uh, point of sale system. So I'll give you two examples. So you're a restaurant owner, you own a Thai restaurant, you may have uh, 50 different 
you know, menu items. You may have a robust drink selection, beer and wine selection that uh, numbers over 100. You're an established restaurant. You've got, say, uh, I don't know, maybe 5,000 customers in, in your point of sale system. And within those 5,000 customers, you may have over the course of five, six, seven years, you may have uh, 50,000 purchase orders or transactions. You take that into the, into the cannabis world. Let's give another example. You're an established dispensary owner. You may have five or 600 products that you're offering in your, in your dispensary. You may have, um, again, let's go with 10,000 customers and you've got maybe 50,000 purchase orders. Now, what do you do with all this data? Whether you're a restaurant owner or you're a cannabis uh, dispenser owner. So what we help both businesses, we help them leverage that data. So we take that data, pull it from their point of sale, and we run it through our AI engine. So we can help them predict, say, three things. We can predict the potential profitability of each customer, whether you're a restaurant owner or dispenser owner. We can predict what each product someone is likely to buy. And number three, we can predict how much of a product or a food item will sell in a given day, week, or month. So now you've got all these predictions. Now, what do you do with this? Well, from there, we can help you within a few clicks of your mouse, execute data-driven omni-channel campaigns to get those customers to come back and buy from you again, whether you're a restaurant owner or a dispensary owner. Yeah. And how do you actually do that? I mean, is this your, you have kind of the AI engine that looks at the patterns and things like that. How much, I guess, how much data do you need and how accurate can some of these predictions actually get? Yeah, so uh, data do we need? So minimum, just to start, probably 500 transactions. And then to the efficacy rate, that's, all, that's a great question. It's going to be between roughly around 30 to 70%. So the more data you give us, the higher quality data you give us, how long you've been in business, all that matters. The efficacy rate is going to be in the 60 to 70% range. Got it. And and how, I mean, I, I always kind of joke with statistics or with some of this analysis, right? Like the, the average American has one testicle and one ovary, right? That, that's mm -hmm. a very true statement, but not very useful when right. it comes to making business decisions. Like what, what how do you, uh, how do you figure out what data or what insights are really going to help make good business decisions for the owner? Yeah. So you and I, we both visited, uh, we, we visit the same dispensary mm -hmm. time in and, and time out over a handful of years. So that dispenser owner has our purchase data. So what our platform can take a look at is that, hey, Bruce likes edibles and Jerry, you know, likes pre-rolls. And so what that AI can help determine is, well, we can maybe upsell yeah, edibles to Bruce and, and Jerry pre-rolls. So now we're as I mentioned, the big we're helping that dispensary target the right person with the right product at the right time. Mm -hmm. So now we're not wasting marketing dollars targeting Bruce on something he doesn't has no interest in, or vice versa. Target Jerry with something that he has no interest in. So, well, what does this uh, help out with? Well, it's helping improve customer experience. It's helping prevent customers' indecision and helping. They tell the customer what to do next by presenting either Jerry or Bruce upsell, cross-sell recommendations on what they're like predicted to buy. Got it. And, and so this is for kind of existing customers. Can you translate some of this or extend some of this to kind of newer customers or new customers in terms of, hey, like the, here's, here's, here's a new customer coming in. Our experience, our customers like this tend to want these things or tend to respond this way to these kind of campaigns. 
Like, can you can you extend this stuff, or is this primarily around looking at your existing customers? So it's primarily looking at existing customers. However, does not mean we cannot help the the first time buyer, right? So when you're for first time walking to a restaurant or first time you're walking into a dispensary and you're buying, uh, our algorithm will present just the top selling products. Well, this is not necessarily AI, but just to get things uh, started, right? So we'll, we'll present Bruce or Jerry, hey, these are the top selling products uh, you know, of the week. This is something that you may like. And you know, from there, we can start learning on either Jerry or Bruce's purchase patterns. Got it. And like, how, how do you, how do business owners actually interact with this data? I mean, are you giving them reports that are, they're logging into something? I mean, what, what do they use practically to yeah, start making decisions? Great question. It's SaaS based. So we would okay. pull the data in this case, these two examples from the point of sale system. It's all done via API and it's, they log into our uh, solution, right? To our uh, mm-hmm. software. I do realize whether you're a restaurant owner or, uh, or a dispenser owner, you're busy. And the last thing you want to do in the world is to learn, uh, you know, a piece of software. So mm-hmm. for, for us, we, we help, uh, we do have a managed services component to it where, Hey, we will do everything for you. We just have meetings maybe once a week or every other week. Hey, what are your thoughts on this marketing campaign? You know, should we send it out? So, uh, yeah, so it's just a software as a service model with a managed services component tied to it. Got it. And and where give me some examples of, of companies you've been working with. What kind of you know real results have you been generating? What what are some kind of case study examples of this in play? Yeah. So one one of our customers. So their average uh, order value was around uh, thirty dollars, mm-hmm. give or take. By presenting their customer base with recommendations that they're likely to buy, we'd help improve that by 33%. So we took that average order value from 30 bucks, increased it to $40. And 10 bucks may not sound a lot, but that's 33%. And over time, that builds up. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, no, and, and how are you generally focused on kind of revenue, increasing revenue? Or how do you look at kind of profitability of some of these customers? So it's increasing revenue. It's improving average order value and reducing customer churn. Yeah, got it. Because if you're two dispensaries, you know, I was out in Las Vegas for MJ BizCon. Oh, yeah. And um, I visited two dispensaries. We're 20, I guess, 20 minutes outside of the Strip. I visited two, probably at most two miles apart from each other, right? So if you got uh-huh. two dispensaries a few miles apart from each other, but one has a hand on their data, one doesn't, where do you think that person's going to go to that, you know, is treated correctly as being presented products that they are likely to buy? Probably the person, the dispensary that's uh, more data driven. Yeah. So. Well, it's going to be more targeted, right? Yeah, it's going to feel more like what I want. Yeah, and so you, you said a good point. Being more more targeted, right? So if I go to the dispensary that's implementing technologies that's reducing customer churn, yeah. right? So now I'm not going to the other one. We're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. And now back to our program. And I mean, you mentioned that some of this now is cannabis owners, cannabis business owners are starting to think about this more. I mean, what what's really driving this at this point? I mean, why were people not so focused on this two, three years ago? What's kind of changed in the market? What's changed in technology? What What's kind of driving some of the shift to focus? I think one thing that I saw when I was out in MJ BizCon is the rise of the uh, uh, the MSOs, right? The multi-state operators. So um, they're taking a beginning to take a, a lion's share, you know, of the market. So how is the little guy going to compete, right? So, well, the little guy can compete. Well, 
I can't worry about that, but maybe I can improve my dispensary's market share by becoming data-driven. So if I were to send an email blast today of 10,000 to my 10,000 uh, customer base, instead of something sending something generic, it'll be sending something specific and on highly targeted that they're likely to buy. So I think that's one of the big reasons, right? So it's becoming more and more competitive. Yes, we're in the midst of a gold rush as we see legalization grow, but it's still a highly, highly competitive um, industry, whether it's in cannabis or restaurants. And yeah. those that get a handle of their data tend to do better than those who do not. Yeah. And what do you see in terms of, you know, obviously we've got this kind of shifting landscape from a legal point of view, federal and state regulations. Uh, I mean, how, what are some of the things that have been happening that have shifted some of these stuff? What do you see happening in the future? Give me a sense of where we are with some of these trends. Yeah. So um, I think legalization is going to eventually, you know, happen. But, you know, right now, as we mentioned, the, you know, in the, earlier in this episode is that as a dispensary owner or a grower or wherever you fall in, in the seed to sales spectrum, you're still being hampered on the way you can advertise and market yourself compared to other industries. So I think it's those folks that really get a handle, whether it's with us or someone like us, you know, of their data will, you know, win in the long run, short and long run. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm curious where some of the technology is. I mean, you were kind of throwing around these terms of AI and um, what, what really, like, I guess what has evolved in terms of some of these AI kind of platforms? What's, what, what are we really talking about when we talk about an AI platform? How, how, do the, like, how does the technology actually work to drive um, some of these systems? Yeah, so a couple things. So AI has been de democratized over the last handful of years. So that means it's not what was once reserved for the big companies. Now mm -hmm. it's become readily available for the small and mid-sized guys. Yeah. So, you know, that's number one. And number two, you know, what it really does or the definition of AI is getting a computer to think and act like a human. So basically it's just analyzing patterns. So if, again, if we go to the dispensary that has five to 600 products, 10,000 customers and maybe 50,000 uh, purchase orders, you can have someone just analyze the spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. and make the predictions themselves. However, do you have the time? Do you have to hire someone or the, the, the money? So now with these AI, with artificial intelligence, it's able to analyze that quickly and you can execute on that. So similar to what Amazon is doing with product recommendations and Netflix is doing with movie recommendations or even with Tesla and the self-driving cars, they're all analyzing past patterns to make future predictions. Yeah. And I mean, for some of these companies, like I guess what is the tipping point between, you know, outsourcing this to someone like you or, you know, other kind of system buying systems or buying solutions versus, you know, developing more proprietary tools around this. I mean, people like, you know, Netflix, obviously it's a core part of their strategic advantage. They're going to develop their own solutions, you know, own the algorithms, you know, advance them, evolve them, you know, in proprietary ways. Like what's like, as you kind of look at the industry, who's better off just finding kind of off the shelf solutions or third party solutions versus, you know, companies that might want to actually consider developing some of these solutions for themselves and make it proprietary. Yeah. So it's always going to be the buy first build, yeah. you know, debate, you know, right? So yes, the, the bigger Fortune 100 companies, they do have a staff uh, to do that, or they can hire data scientists or, or what have you. But then for the smaller mid-sized folks, well, do I, you know, look into investing in software and some managed services, or do I hire someone to build it in-house? 
And what time frame are you looking at? Even if if you were to hire someone, uh, you know, today to build that, depending on your resources, it could take upwards of a year. But with a ready deployable platform, it may just take a handful of months to get everything deployed and up and running. Yeah. And so talk to me more about that deployment process. So what so a company decides that, hey, yeah, we could really benefit from having more insights using our data so we can do better targeting, develop a relationship with the customers, you know, create better offers and communications. Like what's involved to actually get a system up and running so that I actually can start using the data in a strategic way? Yeah. So it's just a data pool from their point of sale system. Okay. And then it's run into our platform. I mean, that literally happens with you know, within hours. And then it it's displayed in our platform and we show it to the customer and we take it from there. And then now we can set that up and tie that in with their email or texting platform and they, they can uh, begin sending data-driven or omni-channel campaigns relatively quickly. Got so it. it's relatively simple with the point of sale. Now with the bigger ERPs, that involves a little bit more, um, you know, work to it, but it's relatively... Uh, is simple process, whether we're pulling data from the ERP or the point of sale system. And it's all cloud-based API done via API. Yeah. Are, are most of these sales point of sale systems now have APIs or open enough that you can pull the data or are there some systems that work better than others? Yeah. For, for cannabis, since it's a relatively new industry, they're all generally cloud-based with, you know, open APIs versus yeah. other industries. It's a little bit more chaotic. Yeah, some of these older industries that have proprietary platforms that yeah. are DOS-based solutions. Right. <laughs> Run into those a few times. Yeah, so to um, your point, yes. So uh, with cannabis being a relatively new, technology is all relatively new. They're pretty much user-friendly, and so you're pretty much off to the races. So if you're a business owner, like, okay, do I spend a month or so learning the new platform or do I got, go hire a, a data science team and maybe they, it takes some six months to a year to build out a platform? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, where, where does this technology go? I mean, as you look at your own kind of product roadmap and, and advancing or kind of evolving your solution, coming up with new solutions, I mean, where does your, where does your kind of innovation go as you look at you know, the industry and what it's going to need in the future? I think the, uh, the opportunity gro- for growth is you know, unlimited, you know, two things, the, um, as it becomes more legalized, not only here in the U S but uh, worldwide, we're seeing that begin to happen, you know, number one. And, and number two, um, there was, as AI has become more democratized, more and more people, more and more businesses are becoming used to that idea. So it's not something new and foreign anymore. It's going to be more commonplace for a, a business to use if they want to succeed. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned international. What what have you been seeing happening on the international side? Or, or is this from um, any particular kind of countries or you know regions that are becoming more active from cannabis? Yeah, and I AI think uh, in Germany, I believe they just just legalized it. I saw something, an article a few weeks back. I think the Latin America, um, you know, markets are are opening up. So as it becomes to become more commonplace worldwide, I mean, there's a big opportunity for, you know, everyone involved. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else that you saw at MJ Biz that was interesting? I know that was, it was the first show in, in, in a long time in a while. Yeah. So just curious what you noticed about what's going on in the industry. I mean, you mentioned the MSOs, but what else do you see happening uh, in cannabis from the show? Yeah. So I, th- I think a lot of growers are starting to become vertically integrated 
And we were asked to, uh, and I didn't even really think about this in the past with growers and analyzing. So one of the growers we talked to uh, out there, I believe they've got 25 or so strains, right? And underneath Mm -hmm. those strains are different types of plant data. So we're taking a look at that, analyzing that, and making predictions on amongst those 25 strains, uh, what of their customers are likely to buy those. So that's one thing that we're uh, looking into as we speak. So this is actually, so you're actually looking at the growing data and able to trace it back to which cultivars are going to be, are going to have a higher kind of shelf movement, you know, more likely to sell. Sell, exactly. So now (laughs) we we were talking earlier about restaurants and dispensaries, right? The final, final product. But now someone asks us, hey, uh, you know, can your platform help us analyze the, the strain data, right, and what's likely to sell and what customers are likely to purchase products based on, you know, certain strains. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and um, I mean, I guess, are they using, like, how, how are they using this data? I mean, they're actually then changing what they're going to put into the, into cultivation or that, are they developing not, new genetics? That I'm not, they just gave us the, the plant data, right? So yeah. whether it's light amount of water, um, but analyzing that and looking at that data to make, uh, making predictions on what's going to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I've seen a lot of, um, uh, a lot of work being done on trying to understand the, the kind of the, the economic kind of dynamics of what does it take to cultivate these different cultivars? You know, what do they consume in terms of resources and nutrients and things like that? Yeah. What are the, what's the marketability uh, of these both from a you know pure flower as well as a kind of biomass point of view people are really kind of dialing this stuff in and then trying to play with the cultivation process i mean do you see this i mean ultimately how do you see this data all kind of stitching together i mean you're you're working with kind of more or less silos it sounds like you work with one company and they may be a dispensary or they may be a processor or a cultivator like do you have any vision or plans for how this data could be actually leveraged across companies somehow? Yeah, no, that's a good question. We've been asked about that, but I think eventually over time, whether it's in the restaurant space or the uh, cannabis space, as we collect more and more data, yeah, that's definitely on the, uh, on our uh, uh, roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it could be, it could be big if you could start developing some of this insights. Now, obviously it's a question of how do you do that across clients. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. There's you, some legality um, issues with, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of a trade-off. It's like, I'm, yeah, I want the benefit of knowing how I relate to other companies, but I also don't want to have my data out there for everyone to see. Yeah. So. That's what we call global recommendations. And that is something yeah. that we are uh, working on. But I think right now, and just being data-driven and there, there's a lot of data companies out there, right? But what I saw uh, at MJ biz is that most were used looking at business intelligence and business intelligence is important, but there's a difference between BI and AI. So BI just provides you with a historical perspective of what happened in the past. Okay. AI does business intelligence, but now it's making predictions for the future and in real time. So is one, is, does AI use BI? I mean, yes, is this so a, it's part of the component, yes. Yeah, okay. So it kind of extends the BI analysis that you have. Yeah, I mean, for example, if you go to dispensary, right, uh, dispensaries versus a restaurants, before you hop in, go into a dispensary, you're getting your ID and all your information, correct? And just like with restaurants or going to a store, you just can't, you know, buy beer and, hey, hey, here's my ID. So it's typically done where it's like when you go to a pharmacy, right? So now 
you go to the to the counter, you give them your phone number, or your ID, or whatever it may be. Now that uh, bud tender can upsell, cross sell you on recommendations on what you're likely to buy. Yeah, I mean, how, how does this? I'm just kind of curious from a consumer point of view. Like, I guess what are the dynamics? I mean, I, I, I could I could appreciate as a consumer, as a customer of these companies, it gets a little. <laughs> It gets a little uncomfortable to, you know, that they've got that this much data on me and that they're doing this analysis. And I guess, how do you navigate that? How do you give customers control over some of this data? You know, particularly if like, you know, I've had situations where I'm just getting inappropriate recommendations. You know, it's like I'm, I, I bought something for my three-year-old on Amazon or something, and now I'm getting all this. Or I, I watched something on Netflix on my account with my three-year-old. All of a sudden, now I'm getting all this uh, baby boss um, <laughs> recommendations yeah, well, on my account. Like, I, how, how do you give them control or give them access so they can actually start managing this? I mean, we, we do that. But all that aside, I mean, it's the world we live in today. I mean, we have a mini computer in our po- uh, pocket, right, with, with the smartphone. And just the world we live in today. And I mean, outside of our platform, you can't even operate more any apps on the phone, right? <laughs> uh, they always have that permission. Hey, we need access to your data, to your pictures, you know, what have you. You know, otherwise, you would cease to exist in the world, even in banking, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do much. You'd have to go into the woods of somewhere and like live a uh, nomadic life or live a, a secluded life. Yeah, so you're you're not able to do you know anything, whether it's access Netflix or your bank account or any movie, yeah, anything. So I think customers, it's just part of life. Yeah. yeah. Right now, if it's part of life and you get you, you're giving them the data, well, now you're that business owner, regardless of what you know vertical you work in. You know, how do you leverage? Yeah, how are you leveraging your data? Yeah. Yeah. And what's happening on the regulatory side? Because I know, I mean, Europe, you know, had the the GMPR. I'm going to get that acronym wrong, but the you know, privacy, data privacy laws, and things like that. And I mean, what what do companies need to be aware of in terms of you know legalities, regulations around collecting data, storing data, using data? Is there anything specific that companies need to really kind of think about? Yeah. So aside from you know, you got to obviously get their permission, right? So if you're a customer, do you um, you give us um, the go ahead to send you, you know, marketing, uh, you know, marketing messages, whether they via text or email. So as long as you have that down, you're covered, yeah. right? And then you've got to have the security protocols, uh, you know, on the, you know, on the back end, uh, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. But whether you're a dispenser owner or a restaurant, even with restaurants and the QR codes that just became ubiquitous since yeah. the, whatever the pandemic started almost two years ago. They're getting your data, right? So in yep. order to, whether it's Uber Eats or you're, you're using anything else, I mean, these companies have your data, like it or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, it's, yeah. if you're that company, now what do you do with that data? Yeah, yeah. And, and how do you how do you protect it and be yeah. reasonable with it and stuff? Or if you're um, a butt tender, I mean, are you kind of, you know, with the turnover in, in industries, uh, you know, across the board, if um, Bruce comes in or Jerry comes in and your favorite butt tender is not there, right? How does the one taking your order know what to sell you, mm-hmm. right? And if even your favorite bud tender is there, could he or, or she, you know, make recommendations from the five or six hundred products that are available in that dispensary? Yeah. If a company, um, you know, listening to this is, you know, thinking, hey, maybe this is something I should do. What, what are some of the first steps? How do I begin to kind of assess where I might be able to use this data? What data I have? Is it something that's viable given kind of my business and what I want to do from a marketing point of view? Give, give some first steps for folks. Yeah, they can just reach out to me. 
give them my email. It's Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y, at standardinsights.io. Uh, and we can just start off with a, a discovery conversation on what pain points they may be having with um, you know driving repeat business. Mm-hmm. So focus take, kind of on the business side first, and then then can look at the data and see what you have. Yeah, and that's what we always, you know, driving repeat buyers using AI. So we, if they don't have any problems or they don't have any, uh, you know, pain points, then we really can't carry discussion forward. Yeah. But if they have a, you know, challenges that hey, they may be losing customers to the dispensary uh, two miles down the road, or how did they do something better than their current marketing initiatives? then maybe worthwhile for us to have a discussion if this is something for them. Trent, I'll make sure that your information is in the show notes here so people can get that. Jerry, this has been a pleasure. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time today. Hey, Bruce, thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.